doing today hey phil hey Kranti, thanks for joining us yeah of course hey yeah thanks for having us I'm happy to be here so we can get started or uh, do you yep. want to wait for a few minutes for a few folks to join i think we can get started with the intros and people will trickle in um so thanks everyone for joining uh today's space for the launch of the turbo ethex vault you know what we hope to be a, a gateway into Stater's ETHX DeFi ecosystem. Uh, we have uh, Kranti and Phil from the, or Kranti from the Stater team, and then Phil uh, from the Seven Seas team. So uh, Kranti and Phil, do you want to introduce yourselves and then we can get into some of the agenda? Sure. Uh, do you want me to go first or Phil, do you want to take a... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So yeah, uh, as uh, you mentioned, like we're from Stader, we're a multi-chain liquid staking protocol, and uh, we've been on uh, six chains prior to this, and we've built on ETH a little over seven months ago. And yeah, so far it's been a very interesting ride. We recently crossed 100k ETH uh, milestone, which has been uh, like you know thrilling ride uh, for the most part. And yeah, uh, in terms of uh, the whole protocol and how we'd want to think about it. I would say the next logical step is to uh, step into active management, be it walls and all these sorts of things. And as far as my journey goes, I've been with Strader a little over a year. I, I feel like uh, you guys were one of my uh, first uh, calls at Strader. So I kind of remember our first call uh, pretty distinctly even now. And yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been a very interesting ride. So I've been in the startup ecosystem for a little over uh, four or five years now. So I'm used to the ups and downs of uh, e-com, fintech, and different industries, but nothing nothing like uh, crypto, right? Every day, there, there's a new project, there's a new uh, trajectory of uh, things that you haven't thought about. There's someone, you know, figuring out a layer on top. So yeah, all in all, it's been a very interesting ride. Thanks for that. And Phil? Uh, yeah, I'm one of the members of 7Cs Capital. I've been with them pretty much from the start for the past two years. Uh, we're a vault builder and DeFi strategy team that also happens to be one of the largest leverage stakers and LSTLPs in DeFi. Thanks for that. Um, so I guess just kicking it off to Phil, uh, for those who, who may not be familiar with like Somalia and Somalia vaults, uh, Phil, do you want to describe you know what makes a Somalia vault different than other DeFi vaults in the market? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Somalia vaults are... Uh, really the only vaults to the best of my knowledge on the market able to intake real-time information and dynamically rebalance based off of that. Uh, this could range from anything like a black swan event like a hack to something like a temporary market inefficiency uh, like arbitrages. Uh, most of the vaults by other protocols are pre-programmed in a sense that they don't work optimally for crypto markets which are notoriously uh, unpredictable. Uh, you really need that ability to monitor the market and then adjust in real time based off of that. Got it. And yeah, th thanks for that context. Um, Kranti, I know like 
you you mentioned like uh, Stater has been around doing um, you know LSTs and in various chains. What what makes Stater different than than some of the other LST providers out there? Like it's a, it's a popular space to be in. Yeah. Uh, so as I mentioned, uh, we've been in a bunch of chains before Ethereum, right? So unlike others, we like who kind of started on this and then built upon, we had like a whole bunch of learnings to pick from. And one of the things we realized was like ideally optionality is something you should focus on. And which is why we wanted like people to have best of both worlds. So where we wanted a, a permissionless set and, you know, a centralized set to ensure with demand scaling, especially when, uh, you know, there's certain shocks in demand, certain growth spurts, like pretty much anything you can capitalize on. So our entire design from the get-go has been a blend of uh, permissionless and permission set, where permissionless plays like the major role. And this unique uh, multiple architecture kind of ensures scalability without, you know, compromising on the decentralization aspect. And obviously the whole censorship resistance and everything that comes with it, you get it. And of course, if there's any sudden growth, like recently we witnessed a sizable amount of TVL gems, right? So we were able to absorb these kind of shocks and gradually transition again into permissionless and, you know, keep that ratio intact. And on top of it, even the permissionless set that we got, uh, we strive to be the most capital efficient, uh, you know, solution in the market. We have like the industry lowest bonding criteria at around four ETH. And on top of it, we try to complement it in terms of uh, NO rewards and everything, making it the most rewarding protocol on top. So I'd say these are like the broad bucket uh, use cases from uh, users and also the node operator side of things. Got it. And uh, just as I'm, I'm thinking, since you've been on these other chains, is there anything unique about like the being an LST provider in the Ethereum uh, ecosystem and like for the ETH asset as opposed to some of the other assets you've supported? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like uh, for starters, right? This is a very, very mature ecosystem, pretty diverse in terms of the kind of things you can do, the DeFi play you got and all of that. And also, especially with the other chains, there's uh, still a decent involvement from the foundation. There's a level of centralization to it where, you know, you can effectively plan and drive things rather than, uh, you know, react to the market conditions, which I would say has been like pretty interesting so far because and it's, it's not entirely up to like a single team trying to uh, test out things, right? Like someone else could come up with a new protocol tomorrow and, you know, it could really take it away from that, which wasn't ideally the case from less uh, mature chains. I guess like it's kind of a feature and a bug at the same time. Got it. Yep. And, you know, you mentioned that Ethex is one of the, the newer launches, right? Like you had other assets in market. Um, before that, but it's grown pretty rapidly. What do you what do you attribute that like massive growth to? Is it a, a specific DeFi integration or partnership or yeah, like help us just understand what's been driving the growth? Yeah. Uh, so overall, uh, first of all, like the overall market pickup has, I guess, really helped everyone, and especially the LSTs with uh, you know the transaction volumes and of course the whole ETH price rally that has uh, happened. And on top of it, the whole eigenlayer narrative, I guess, is like really praying into it. So we had uh, like a couple of campaigns around eigenboosts and that has like really helped us bust in the TVL. And now, of course, there's uh, like a lot of uh, protocols built on top, be it uh, the Etherfi protocol or Kelp or, you know, recently one launched by uh, the Magpie team. Like there's a whole bunch of protocols that are coming on top. We should further boost the TVL. So these things have like, you know, really brought in it, uh, like 
the unexpected TVL, I would say. As in, sure, we had a certain estimate built into it, but of course, they kind of outperformed all estimates. And on top of it, uh, you definitely have uh, like you know the proposals that are slowly passing. Like Aave, we are in the final stages. Compound and Libra, we kind of in the middle stages. So, in like this kind of adds a legitimacy to it, and which generates like institutional interest. I guess like being battle tested really helps. Uh, the threshold is of course different for different protocols. Some protocols are okay once you've been around for a quarter. Some prefer two quarters. And effectively, you know, to get to get through these proposals, you gotta uh, like pass the like rigid criteria of uh, most of the risk teams. I guess all this kind of uh, came together at the right time. And of course, with the entire uh, break that that occurred, I guess I guess that kind of rejuvenated the whole space again. So, like there was a slight uh, slowdown in Q4, but now I think we're like fully back. And with the eigenlayer cap set to go uh, live again next Monday, I guess like things are looking uh, pretty positive. Yep, yep, I agree that there's there's a lot of positive tailwinds uh, in the market, especially on the like ETH asset side, as far as promising opportunities like the the eigenlayer and the staking ecosystem uh, and just general like higher levels of on-chain activity. It's been, it's been really nice to see. Um, shifting to some of the like DeFi things going on, um, Phil, do you want to touch on like the goal for the, the Turbo ETHX vault and what DeFi strategies it'll initially, initially be running? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, so the vault intends to be a place for easy onboarding into the ETHX ecosystem. Uh, users can come in with their ETH uh, or ETHX and deposit directly into the vault uh, to gain access to the popular ETHX LP opportunities. Um, in the initial first phase of the vault, uh, that's primarily going to be LPing on Curve, Convex, um, Balancer, uh, along with UniB3, of course. Um, and one cool thing about small A vaults is that they make LPing on Uniswap uh, which can be intimidating to newer users because you have to select your LP ranges, uh, actually super accessible since the vault handles all of those decisions for you. Got it. And yeah, like you mentioned, um, it's going to be, it's going to have the ability to LP on a, a few different uh, DEXs, right? Uh, can you talk about the importance of being able to run multiple DeFi strategies in a, in a single vault in a, in a market like crypto where it's, where it's always changing? Uh, yeah, of course. So as you mentioned, right, the market is always changing. So uh, when I think back to like the oldest LST vault on small A, which launched, uh, I think, in like April of last year, uh, the vault went through a series of phases when it came uh, to the strategies it was actually running. So in the first phase, it played the CBE three peg. Uh, then it ended up shifting mostly to leverage staking because of the differential between staking rates and borrow rates. And then uh, as that compressed, it split between LPing and leverage staking. Um, and then there were some really good LP farms uh, that were attractive, so focused on that. And I could keep going on, but you, you kind of get the idea. Um, and we know the same strategy won't work forever. And that's why small A vaults are able to want, run multiple strategies uh, on different protocols while on a single vault. Um, it makes the vaults resilient, and then it also provides users with an easy experience. Got it. And uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things that really makes our vaults stand out it it feels like when sometimes we're talking to folks they're like oh it is just like this lp vault and it's like well it that's what it's doing now right but it could be doing something else in the future uh one interesting fact just for the audience is 
not only can the vaults actually adapt over time, but so can their like as far as like oh I'm running this strategy versus this strategy, but they can also uh, enhance their capabilities. So if uh, a new pro if Ethex has like a new integration, like say on some new DeFi protocol that pops up in a couple months, uh, and that's like really attractive to the the Seven Cs strategy team, the like a smart contract adapter can be built. It can, you know, be audited, and then that uh, integration can be voted on in sommelier governance. And so, there's like the governance process, and then the vault would then gain, gain that capability, assuming the governance process passed. So, that's just another unique attribute of sommelier vaults: is they can gain capabilities in addition to shifting between, you know, a, a variety of strategies. Um, Kranti, I know you talked about some of the uh, integrations you have in the works, like Aave uh, and Compound and, and Libra uh, also like in, in the medium term. Are those like the things you're most excited about when it comes to ethex use cases or are there, there are other things? Oh yeah, uh, so definitely uh, interested on the lending and uh, CDP side of things because that we believe unlocks like a whole set of utility which you know people can then further build on like uh, say you guys uh, can effectively create looping studies and like there's a whole different leg of utility right like initially when we launched uh, i guess like that's the norm with any chain first you got to focus heavily on lps because to call yourself an lst i guess you got to be liquid enough so that's been our focus so far and i think we've hit like a decent amount of uh, like you know liquidity depth and overall we are in a fairly confident uh, spot for most of these protocols to, you know, feel uh, okay with onboarding us. I think one of the big unlocks would be something like Aave and Compound, definitely. But even the upcoming uh, protocols who had like a strong presence before, right? Like Morpho Blue, which you guys recently had an announcement on. So even those guys were uh, making strides in the whole uh, decentralized lending uh, market that they are trying to create. So that is something we're definitely excited about. I think we'd be up. As somewhere around mid-Feb, if everything goes uh, smoothly and similar, similarly radiant silo, like there's a whole bunch of other uh, lending markets we're looking at. And in terms of CDPs, I think uh, the big ones we're looking at is, of course, Libra, then Prisma, which, you know, really hit the stride lately. And of course, any other niche opportunities that uh, keep presenting, we'd be on the lookout for. But in terms of pure scale, I would say mostly lending protocols and CDPs are the big unlocks we're looking at from a DeFi space. And on the node operator side, we have a whole utility pool solution going live, which kind of eliminates the exposure to SD, which has been like a requirement for uh, most of the institutional uh, players that we're dealing with, because they had serious constraints about tokens that that are effectively not ETH or stables, where they have to limit their exposure. I think that, I mean, uh, it's, it's a little uh, complicated to give uh, like details straight out, I guess, but that is something we're definitely excited about. And we hope that brings like, you know, a lot of uh, unique validators to the ecosystem more than we have right now. And how do how does like the Eigenlayer ecosystem fit into like how you're thinking about, you know, where you want ETHX to, to migrate to? Is it like, yeah, I want everything in Eigenlayer. No, I want some of it to maintain on these like money markets in the ETHX form on, uh, like Aave and Compound. Can you just give some context into how you're thinking about that? Sure, sure. 
So uh, it depends on like how the whole eigenlayer uh, pans out and uh, how the scale up is, right? Like on on paper, the strategy is definitely sound. Like we're trying to give more yield without uh, you know taking on like massive risks in that sense. So overall, if it pans out in such a way where you know you can even uh, differentiate yourself on eigenlayer and it becomes almost like a parallel uh, layer on top of it i guess it's okay even if you want to build uh, something around it majorly even if 80% of the tvl kind of sits there but i think f- still for the most part at the end of the day it is uh, underlying uh, layer for it right? and with all the additional lsts lrts that are kind of building on top beat kel beat either fi anyone i guess it again comes back to the same defi use cases so if at all we have to take that route and then build the defi use cases be it awe be it any other lending market or cdps we are open to that but it all depends on the scale up like if it scales up rapidly and all of a sudden you can you know unlock the entire ecosystem with it we are happy to like explore that route but if that doesn't seem to be the case and you know only half the tvl can flow through eigen layer and the other half has like a decent amount of market play we are more than uh, happy to explore that route as of now there's no like you know uh, like a fixed route as such uh, from our perspective it depends on how the market shapes up got it yeah yeah preserving that optionality makes a ton of sense and i guess being flexible to this potential new paradigm uh yeah that that all makes sense to me uh i know you know somali i don't know if we've we've talked about this before but you know somalia is like inching closer to having uh multi-chain capabilities and having vaults on like the L2s. Obviously you've been multi-chain for a while now, but I don't believe Ethex has made its way to the to the L2s. What can you talk about how you're thinking about Ethex uh in the L2s? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh so one of the main reasons why we've been a little cautious is as I've mentioned, right? Like we've already built on uh like multiple chains before. So the one once we kind of hit the stride with ETH, we realized you know how big the market was on ethos before you know you have to get into other chains and then explore that so that's why there's been like a what is a slight gap i would say in terms of the new chains we step into also with the whole l2 like game plan coming in i think it uh, kind of changed the way we look at things as in previously if i have to launch like a whole bunch of new features or you know there's something you want to fix with ethereum itself for the most part uh, like you'd have to go through a very ardent process or for the most part like you have to just launch your own chain right like and it has worked to an extent but with all the kind of l2s that are trying to do like recently there's uh, uh, like a whole bunch of l2s trying to bring solana efficiency into the eth system using l2s like of course arbitrum and optimism you have the big ones which are already there and protocols have already built on it and especially you know who who doesn't like cheap gas and fast execution right it's just the question of like what are the big bets that we'd want to take because effectively if we launch we'd want to launch on like multiple uh, sets of chains in one shot you know to leverage the l2 ecosystem for the most part and especially with use cases like manta and mantle where you know they managed to unlock the eth that's currently in the bridge because that's something you know that's kind of debated for a while and of course it has its proponents and opponents who are equally strong in their arguments and are equally valid too so with those kind of things opening up i i guess at least from an analysis standpoint it gives a new found incentive to come into so i would say arbitrum and optimism uh, would definitely be on the cards considering the scale they've achieved and you know since they already hit that critical mass and the other chains will have to like see what are the use cases 
that they build on and how they scale up. And based on that, we can take the ball. Got it. Yeah, it's it's super cool. And there are a lot of decisions to be made when it comes to launching on those ETH or those L2s, like you mentioned, because uh, you know you only have you have finite resources, and then each ecosystem has their own dynamics and you know various narratives forming. So, but it's exciting, right? It's always exciting yeah. to, to tap into new users. Yeah, but definitely like vaults like this make uh, the whole play a lot easier, right? Like if the whole level of abstraction is such that for the end user, it all looks the same no matter which chain they're in. I guess like that that makes the whole ecosystem very seamless. And that is something that we've also been thinking as to how do you make it as close to a native staking experience as possible on other L2s? How do you make it seamless so users feel the same way they feel on ETH even if they're doing it on Arbitrum or even on some upcoming chains? I guess like vaults and automated strategies definitely play a big role in that. Yep, absolutely. And we we have some exciting things on the horizon as far as, um, you know, potentially, I guess you may call them omni-chain vaults, uh, where a vault is not just confined to a specific L2, but actually uh, doing activities across, a, you know, a number of L2s for for a given asset or, or asset category like ETH or, or LSTs or stable coins. But we'll we'll release more info on on that, uh, and you know, the near term. Uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on was just some like uh, incentive components of this vault. So you can come to appdocsmalia.finance and like click on the Turbo ETHX vault. Uh, it accepts multiple deposit assets. So at this time. It's uh, ETH and ETHX. So that's a new innovation we've made for those that have been following for a while. Like typically a Somalia vault has only accepted one deposit asset, but we've done uh, some enhancements to our smart contract architecture that allows now multiple deposit assets. We can add to this list over time, but we're originally starting just with ETH and uh, ETHX because the like that seems like a, a natural starting point, especially with a vault focused on the, the stater ecosystem. Uh, and so there will be an incentive program that'll run for 30 days. It's getting queued up now, so it should be go live in a few minutes. Uh, but there will be some incentive, uh, incentives that folks can earn uh, for locking their LP tokens. And then there's also uh, some ETHX uh, rewards as well for participants in the vault. So that program will run for 30 days and then we'll, you know, evaluate progress and see uh, what we do want to do for the future. So that's just one like details component. Um, we also, uh, another interesting thing on the sommelier side for, for DeFi composability, and I think it applies to this vault, is we've started to get some uh, integrations for the vault shares. So when you deposit into a small A vault, you'll get uh, tokens back representing your position in that vault. So for the uh, Turbo ETHX vault, it's like Turbo ETHX is, is the token. So you'll get that. And historically, you, you weren't the only thing you could do with that is stake it in this incentive contract. Uh, but now, uh, this week, we integrated with Sturdy which is like a, a lending protocol and they allow those vault share tokens to be uh, 
enabled as collateral. So we have, like since the program's just started, we only have three different vault shares on uh, enabled as collateral right now. So that's like Turbo Sweet, uh, Turbo Steeth, and, and Real Yieldies. But we're able, we have the capability to, to add new collaterals and folks, uh, which allows folks to borrow against those. So that's something we're evaluating with these recent vault launches, like the uh, Turbo ETHX vault, right? We can like add it as collateral to our setup uh, on Sturdy and some of these other like emerging lending markets uh, that you know don't have the the same requirements as like Aver Compound. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, if you know Turbo Ethex gets like additional DeFi integrations where users can enhance their utility, like we'll, we'll obviously announce those on Twitter. But that's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, and, you know, hopefully you'll see more announcements in that vein uh, from the Smalia account in the near future. Uh, Krati, Phil, anything I'm missing here before we wrap up? No, I think uh, that's a pretty uh, succinct summary of everything we've discussed. And yeah, definitely excited to see the world go live and, you know, how uh, things evolve over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, same here. Super exciting. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for joining, and uh, have a great Friday and weekend. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments Red down Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these token knocks They probing this bear Flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting knotters And then to end a long day Eleven bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy To pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists Jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity Before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss It's all moss And I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning Forming mycological bonds Flick the cap Yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy While the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns white knight and all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle Eats Tearing apart your communitility All these low hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs We got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king You better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first 
before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Spaces. <laughs>